0: It's time for our weekly visit with the Hall of Famer, John McClain, from Sports Radio 610, right now on Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines from Sports Radio 610 in Houston. And John, we appreciate you. As always, and, you know, we had a discussion today on the show so far about the Raiders' expectations and what the national media believes. And, you know, you cover the league like a glove, and you talk to all these different outlets, and and you've been there, done that. What are you seeing from the Raiders so far? Camp hasn't even started. Practice is tomorrow. That's the first day of practice. But what are you seeing from them? What are kind of your expectations in year two with head coach Joshua Daniels?
1: That depends on Jimmy Garoppolo's health, staying healthy as everybody knows, and I think this, there's no pressure on them. Unless it's internally from Mark Davis, nobody has high expectations. You know, Derek Carr's gone, new quarterback, a lot of new players. The key is, it looks like they could finish last place or second place, and one of the key things is they just got the best Josh Jacobs had last year, led the NFL in rushing after they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So is is he gonna be that good or is he gonna be better being so unhappy? And if he's that good, it didn't help him last year. They gotta be able to throw the ball, and they gotta be able to play defense. And the thing is, of course, health's gonna have a lot to do with it. But I think if Garoppolo, I think he's played a full season once, but if he could come close, if he could play fifteen games, you know, they could finish in second place. You know, People picking the Broncos to finish second, there's only one reason, Sean Payton. Sean Payton did a great job when he had Drew Brees. And when Drew Brees retired, all of a sudden he wanted his good, so he retired. Now he's got Russell Wilson. If he can't turn around Russell Wilson, that's going to be bad for him. But anybody picking the Broncos second, it's for just that reason. And the Chargers should, because they got the second best quarterback in the division and one of the best in the NFL, Justin Herbert, and they got firepower on offense, but their defense has to play a lot better. So I think the question is they could finish second and they could finish
0: last. I think that's fair. I really do. John McClain is our guest here at Sports Radio 610 here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Josh Jacobs hasn't signed his franchise tag. Saquon Barkley didn't sign his tag until, well, he did, and he got a little bit of sugar on top, a little bit extra on his contract, and that's actually something last week. Shereen Williams, your good buddy, told us that she thought was going to happen. Do you expect the same thing to happen with Josh Jacobs sooner rather
1: than later? I know this. Josh Jacobs is not going to sit out and miss money. If money's the issue, you're running back. You got no bargaining power. You can say, "Well, will they be as good with me?" Well, they weren't very good when you were great. Right. So there's no guarantee they're going to be better if you're great again. And odds are he's not going to be as great as he was last year. Always in concerned when a player's in the last year of his contract and he's healthy and he has his best year. Then you worry, okay, if he gets paid. Now, he's on another one-year deal. You know, Le'Veon Bell showed every running back that you don't hold out. You're never going to get back what you had. Other positions, it's rare for a guy to do like Trent Williams and hold out with Washington, get traded with the 49ers, and play just as great, but he's a left tackle. And so they can huff and puff and complain all they want in the offseason, but when the big checks start, in the first week of the season, and you're going to make $10.1 million, I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to be missing game checks.
0: I don't either, and I thought it was kind of funny and ironic that the running backs had this big uh, Zoom call meeting that they had over the weekend, and Saquon Barkley was the guy talking the loudest, and then all of a sudden he gets his deal taken care of immediately before training camp even starts for the Giants. Did that surprise you at all?
1: I think what happened, Q, is he—they didn't want to take a chance on him waiting till the week the season started. Dave Ziegler and and Josh McDaniels know running backs need to get hit. They need to—that's—that's how they get ready for the season. Their legs—it's so important for a running back's legs. I covered Earl Campbell. Him coming to training camp, he thought that was so important to be there, not get overworked. But running, running, or lifting weights and all that's not football conditioning, and so the the Giants didn't want to worry about Barkley coming in at the last minute, getting pulled muscles because he hadn't been doing football conditioning, and it curtailing their season. You know, they were the biggest surprise in the NFL last year they're trying to keep up with the eagles and the cowboys and to a certain extent maybe the commanders now the raiders you know i'm guessing that josh jacobs agent is going to say look the giants did it for their guy can't you give him a chance to make another nine hundred thousand dollars uh in incentives and i think they should do that you can make it where it's not likely to be earned and and I count against the cap, and I'm just guessing the Raiders are going to do that. I think Mark Davis will. I don't know if he'll demand it, or Ziegler will ask him if he can do it. But just kind of when guys are talking, you they a lot of times they puff their chest up <laughs> and they've dug in, and you need to give them a little incentive so they will not they will save be saved from being embarrassed and coming in with their tail something between their legs. So I'm guessing the, the – uh, I'm, I'm just guessing Raiders going to do that.
0: John McClain is our guest. Sports Radio 610 in Houston is where you can find him. It's Raider Nation Radio 920, unnecessary roughness. You know, you always tell me it's about the money and, you know, the new CBA has been made. So now guys that hold out that do have a contract, they get fined and they don't. They can't erase those fines. Are you surprised that Chris Jones in Kansas City is holding out for a contract extension?
1: $50,000 a day and you can't rescind it. You know, right. in the old days, they'd say, now, if you're on your rookie contract, you can. But if you're on your veteran's contract, you cannot. And in the old days, they'd say, okay, look, Chris, you held out for three weeks. You know, you owe $800,000 in fines. We'll just forget about it. All's fair and love and war if you come on in. And he would come on in. But now you can't do that. Now, Dwayne Brown, the left tackle, who's still playing, and I think he's with the Jets, played it. His first of his career, James, Dwayne's going in, I think, his 16th year. He did that here in 2017 because he wanted to be traded because they would not extend him with more than one year left. GM at that time, Rick Smith's philosophy is if you played well, I will I will extend you with a one year left on your contract. Well, he went in and said, well, you extended Watt and you extended Andre Johnson, and they had more than one year. And he had to tell him, well, you're not J.J. Watt and Andre Johnson. (laughs) And he got mad. So he missed time. It cost him like $4 million. And then he reported when the season started. He played. I mean, after the season started, he played one game at Seattle and got traded in Seattle the next year. They gave him a better contract. But still, you know, you always have to worry if you sit out like Chris Jones, not being able to make back that money you lost in fines.
0: What do you think happens with Zach Martin and the Cowboys? He also is not there in, uh, in Oxnard, California right now for camp because he wants a, a contract, and it's very well deserved.
1: It is deserved, but just because guys want it doesn't mean you get it to them. Every time you do a contract, you have to keep in mind two things. Number one, the cap, but number two, who's next? Mm-hmm. Which player is sitting there, his agents, ready to pounce? If we do this guy, and it goes against our philosophy, which which agents are ready? And so you're negotiating for two people. And Zach Martin has been great. He's been verbal. And, uh, but you know what? Cowboys have done. They've won 12 games in back-to-back seasons. They have been to the championship games since before you were born. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I think they'll do something for him. Uh, the same thing. Give him something, let him save a little face, and uh, you got to give him more than he's going to be fine, that's for sure. What do you think about Dak Prescott
0: and, and his chance to bounce back this year after leading the league in interceptions last year?
1: Uh, you know, he didn't throw a whole lot of interceptions. One year, Peyton Manning threw 28. Yeah, He was a rookie. So, he used two guys threw a lot more. What did he throw? 11? 15. It sounds ter- 15? <laughs> well, he's going to have to do better, and and he said he would. And I'm not sure one thing I'd like to know. When you see interceptions, and I used to see this with Warren Moon. Okay, he had 15 interceptions. How many were balls that ricocheted off receiver's yeah. hands that were thrown perfectly? How many were because the receiver ran the wrong route, Dak threw the break left, and the receiver broke right, and he threw it right into a corner's hands, and it wasn't his fault? Now, people cover the team should know that one year, Warren Moon against the Steelers had five interceptions. And nationally, he just got killed. He threw five <laughs> interceptions in such a big game. Only two were his fault.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's true. And Dak had a handful of those that did happen to him last year. I remember those myself, including in the playoff game uh, against San Francisco. So that's definitely something that uh, that has to be taken into consideration. But I'm interested because now Mike McCarthy's calling the plays and Dak. I just want to see how that, how that kind of plays together and how they, they operate this year.
1: Well, you know, Kellen Moore's the wonder boy now. Mm -hmm. He's he's smart to go where he went. You know, you make sure you go where there's a great young quarterback. They make you look good. It's funny how that works, isn't it, Q? Yeah. Great coaches (laughs) seem to have great quarterbacks. Andy Reid used to get dogged all the time for poor clock management. He used to get so offended. Now nobody asks him about his clock management. He's a great coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Well. Why is that? Because he was smart enough to trade up to get Patrick Mahomes, and yeah. and uh, and I think I don't remember if I've told you this, and I'm sorry if I have. If you look at teams that won a Super Bowl, Joe Gibbs of Washington won three with three different quarterbacks. None of them ever had Hall of Fame, and their name mentioned in the same sentence. And then he went to another one and lost. No coach in history has ever done that. Go back to the Super Bowl at the first with Lombardi, at had Hall of Famer, Bart Starr, and you just look at him through the years. The great coaches had great quarterbacks, and, that, and that's the key to anything. The last five Super Bowl winners haven't had a 1,000 yards rushing, and I'm right. sure they've talked to Josh Jacobs about that, point out to his agent, you know, he led the league in rushing. He was great, but we didn't go to the playoffs. And pointing out those last five, now two of them, of course, were the Chiefs. If the Chiefs didn't have Patrick Mahomes, I'll guarantee you they'd have a better running back who was drafted in the first or second round.
0: Right. No, I said the same thing. I was looking at the list since 2009 of all the running backs that won the Super Bowl, and and none of them uh, were high-profile. I think Leonard Fournette and Marshawn Lynch were the two highest-profile guys, and they didn't have high contracts at that time. But they all, for the most part, had really good quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady multiple times. I mean, guys like that, Uh, Peyton Manning. I mean, those guys are elite quarterbacks where most of the league don't have elite quarterbacks.
1: You'll see a guy like Trent Dilfer win one with the greatest – defense in history with the Ravens, but you won't see them winning another one.
0: No, no, not at all. And, John, we'll, we'll close out with this. You mentioned Washington, and I know we talked about Washington and Dan Snyder being out last week, but uh, there's, there's conversation about them potentially changing their name again from the commanders. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I just, uh, for an article being done by Clark Judge, uh, okay. I, he asked people to weigh in, and I said pigskins. For two reasons, pigs <laughs> or hogs. But skins, you could call them the skins again, and yep. there would be nothing wrong with it.
0: There you go. I like it. That's 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 a thought right there. It feels like there's too many name changes, John, in the last few years from the Redskins to the Washington football team to the Commanders to whatever. It just feels like there's too many, and obviously there's a lot that goes into changing the name of a football team.
1: Well, yeah, It does, and you know what? If they change it again to whatever and they win, it'll be great. If right. they don't. It's not going to matter. It's all about whether you win or lose. i got no problem with commanders, and I don't. when I think of commanders, I don't think of Dan Schneider. Right. I don't think of anything, really, just a team that's, that's been pretty mediocre to bad in the NFC East.
0: For quite a while, there's no doubt about it. Well, John, I did want to ask you about Texans and their training camp, and what are you looking forward to once camp opens
1: up and everything gets underway? Watching D'Amico Ryans uh, in his first camp as head coach. Watching C.J. Stroud and his development as starting quarterback, first franchise quarterback since Deshaun Watson. And Will Anderson, Jr., defensive man, third Mm -hmm. overall pick, who's the favorite to be voted NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year.
0: There it is right there. Well, John, appreciate you always. Uh, What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for?
1: Sportsradio610.com is where I write. I've got... I have podcasts called Utopia Football Podcast. I nice. have columns that I write on the NFL and the Astros baseball too. So that's where I can be found. Q, thank you very much as always.
0: Absolutely, John. We appreciate you. John McLean right there. Sports Radio six ten on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. That's the general right there. We definitely appreciate the general's time right there. He said the pig skins. It's not a bad name. I think some people would think that it's a joke as Ari Ari's like, No, I'm good. <laughs> I saw that look. Ari, we need to get a camera so uh, we can broadcast the show all the way live so <laughs> people could just see your, your facial expressions you make. Oh yeah, and then they'll they'll realize why wow, you pause for a second and have right. like, thrown off because of my right. weird looks. Uh I'm gonna say Pigskin might even be worse than the commanders to me. But Really? That's just yeah. That's just me. It just sounds old and it just sounds it too- just it sounds it sounds like you're trying to trying to be funny and, and, and make fun of somebody. But I, I do like the, the point that he said about the skins. You can call them the skins again. It'd be no problem. True, but then this isn't my opinion, but I we all know this is the truth. I think then the reaction would be like, it's too close. It's, it's oh, yeah. you know, it, yeah, we need something true. for right. the uh, – and what was the outrage for if, you know, right. depending on what side you're on. So Yeah. Good <sighs> so, thing that the Raiders are the Raiders, and there ain't no question about their yeah, name. Yeah, <laughs> that's not <laughs> – Right? <laughs> nobody's changing that. Come no, on. No, not at all. And no need to, no needs to change the colors, Nothing. Uh, I love it. So uh, there you go, John McClain, Good stuff. Always appreciate when John gives us a few minutes of his time Tuesday afternoon around three o'clock like this. Uh, let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines before we take a quick break. Let's talk to our friend Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mac?
2: Thank you. Hey, Q. hey um, you know why? You know why everybody's picking us to, to finish last? I mean, it's, I I haven't seen anybody that that you know pick us first place like they did last year. You know the expectations last year with 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 Carr and yeah, and, my uh, expectations Devontae were high. Adams, <laughs> I, I feel I feel the same way too, man. I, I I came into the season last year so hyped and stuff. This year, I don't feel the same. I for some reason, and I and I remember coming off a two and fourteen season, and I felt I felt better going into the next season. But this season, it just don't. There's no hype. There's no nothing. I don't know if it's Josh McDaniels in that that regime. I don't know what it is, but I know one thing the reason why you like all everybody says is it, it, it's it's gonna be you gotta show me, and that's what I've been saying for the last last twenty years is show me before I believe what you you tell me because last year I was so hyped and like everybody else and just was deflated on and stuff, but I know one thing though uh with Jimmy G coming in, that's great, but I want to get to a point you I'll get to a point with, with you and um, the Texan guys there about the running back position. Here, here's one thing you guys are forgetting or they're forgetting. I don't know what side you're on as far as running backs. But here's the thing. In the history of the NFL, all the winning teams, and I've told you this before, all the winning teams have Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It doesn't matter what running back is, is on any team. The Hall of Fame quarterbacks is, is is what it is. The running back is just part of that, and for them, the degrade running backs is ridiculous to me because you're going to need them. Even though the quarterback is 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 uh, is the is the main guy, you, it hasn't changed. The NFL has not changed in 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 the in the hundred and some years regarding Super Bowl winners and, and championship winners. Even when Jim Brown. Jim Brown was was in the era where they just ran the ball. There was no, there was some great quarterbacks, not as many as it is now. But I I, I just want to say that, and uh, you know, great great um, show on Fanduel. It was great, man. Nice nice listening to you on that too. And uh, you know, I know you you ready for the season, and so we are. So it is what it's going to be. Just get Josh Josh Jacobs back in, and let's call it call it even.
0: All right. Thank you, Raider Mac. Definitely appreciate the call. Good stuff. And, yeah, I mean, I'm with you when it comes to the the quarterbacks and the running backs and the Super Bowl winners, and that's what I was saying, that if you go through the list since 2009, the running backs – they're not big time names. Pierre Thomas, James Starks, Maude Bradshaw, Ray Rice, uh, Percy Harvin was actually the guy that made the most money for Seattle, even though Marshawn Lynch was the guy. LeGarrett Blunt, CJ Anderson, Blunt, Blunt, Sonny Michelle, Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette, Cam Akers, Isaiah Pacheco. Nobody on that list I just ran off made more than $2.5 million. But what those guys all have in common, which is what me and John were just talking about, and John said if the Chiefs didn't have Patrick Mahomes, they wouldn't have. Isaiah Pacheco is the running back. They'd probably have a a big-time running back, right? But they have Patrick Mahomes that he's the ultimate deodorant. Any kind of stink that you may have, he'll er eliminate that, right? But if you look at the Saints, they had Drew Brees, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, the Giants, Eli Manning, the Ravens. They are the one team that didn't have a, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, they had, who they had, in 2012, they had, what's his name, Joe Flacco. Uh, Russell Wilson was obviously in uh, Seattle. Uh, the Patriots, that was Tom Brady. The Broncos, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Uh, the Eagles, they didn't have a, a, a top-flight quarterback. They only had Nick Foles and and, uh, and Carson Wentz, right, on their, their run to the Super Bowl. Patriots again, of course, that's Brady. Chiefs, that's Mahomes. Buccaneers, that's Brady. Rams, that was Stafford, and he's not a Hall of Famer, but he's a good quarterback. And then, uh, and then the Chiefs with uh, Patrick Mahomes again. So for the most part, you're right. All those teams had really good quarterbacks, like top-level l- quarterbacks. So if you're not going to have a top-notch running back, you better have a top-notch quarterback. Right, And then even then, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to get it done. And you know, when it comes to the running back position, you're right. There's not any of those big-time names. We're getting big-time checks, leading the league in rushing, winning the Super Bowl. They're just not there. But it doesn't mean that they're not valuable. And so you've got to figure out as a franchise, an organization, and even as a league, how much those guys mean. The Giants obviously wanted to get Saquon Barkley in camp. He talked a lot of game. He talked some big noise about everything that, that he was going to do or he was thinking about doing, and all of a sudden they called him up was like, okay, hey, let's just get this done. And guess what? They got it done quick, fast, in a hurry. So thanks so much, Raider Mac, for your call. I definitely appreciate you. Would love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, the don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword r What are you seeing? What do you think is the reason why most outlets are very low on the Raiders and their overall potential for the season, their, their overall win-loss record in 2023? One quick note, and then we'll take a break. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor said the Raiders are releasing quarterback Chase Garbers and cornerback Ike Brown and signing defensive tackle Kyle Peko. So we had the call earlier today about uh, who is going to be released and the corresponding moves, and I said there were some moves on the way. Well, there they are. There's a couple of them right now. Adam Hill pointed out Chase Garbers, and uh, Ike Brown, also cornerback, he's been released as well. So there's two guys down uh, with the different signings that the Raiders have made. 321 is the time. We'll come back, get to your calls, get to your texts, and – Uh, Coming up at 3.30, you'll hear the conversation I had with Kay Adams from the Up and Adams show uh, earlier today on FanDuel TV. It's all on the way here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm praying everything works out because if we really want to have a shot at winning the Super
3: Bowl and and having all the elite aspirations that we do, we're going to need that guy. So, you know, I'm praying that we can still figure something out, but also understanding where Josh is coming from but trying to coach him through it at the same time.
2: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy
0: Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Devontae Adams right there talking about Josh Jacobs and the fact that if they want to achieve the goals that they've been trying to achieve and want to achieve, the ultimate goal is the Super Bowl, they're going to need Josh Jacobs. We just had a pretty good spirited conversation with John McClain, Sports Radio 610, the Hall of Famer, talking about quarterbacks, elite quarterbacks, talking about running backs, what they bring to the table. And, you know, one of the points that we brought up and Raider Mack brought up as well is that, you know, the quarterbacks, you got to have the elite guy and there's no big-time running back that's got to uh, put a team on his back and won the Super Bowl, uh, but you still need those guys. And and I pointed out the fact that if there's if there's not an elite quarterback, you better have the big-time running back. So, obviously, for the Raiders, that would be Josh Jacobs. We got a text on the com text line from 69187, keyword r for the 209. Raiders don't have a big quarterback So we need Jacobs. And I agree 100%. Made that point, I believe, last week that, you know, the Raiders don't have a guy that could put the team on their shoulders and say, hey, don't worry about it. I'll get it done. They don't have a Patrick Mahomes. They don't have a Justin Herbert. They don't have a Joe Burrow. They don't have a Josh Allen. You know, and that's not me trying to sound disrespectful to Jimmy G, but Jimmy G is who Jimmy G is, right? And, And you know that he's a really good quarterback when he has a really good team around him. Defense, running backs, nice weapons. Well, he has nice weapons. The defense is obviously a question, and his running back is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is needed by the silver and black. We also got a text from uh, Mark in Jersey. Until you can beat the Chiefs once a year consistently and have a decent defense, you're not going to earn any love. Plus a head coach who hasn't done much had much success, that's Mark in Jersey. And he's not wrong about that either. Something Jim from Yonkers brought up, that until the Raiders find a way to win consistently, everyone's just going to assume that they're going to be bad. Now, to the Raiders' credit, this is something that I pointed out on the Kay Adams show earlier today, and you'll hear that conversation coming up in a few minutes, that every time they have a, 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 a total wins for the season, one year it was like six or seven, and I said, well, if they only win seven games, something went terribly wrong, and they went over it. And then the next year they had a low total, and they went over it, and they made the playoffs. And then last year they had a total, I think it was maybe seven or eight, and they were under it. So that was the one time that, okay, you could look at the betters and say, all right, they were right. This year their win total, I believe, was six and a half. Again, that shouldn't be acceptable. Six and a half shouldn't be acceptable. I don't care about, well, you're building this thing up and it takes a little bit of time. Like, if they win six games, if they go, if they do the same thing they did last year, I think something went terribly wrong. Now, USA Today, they put out a piece today. Uh, they have the graphic where they have the Raiders only winning three games. If the Raiders only win three games in 2023, and I'm not putting this out there in the universe hoping that it happens, something went awful. <laughs> right? I mean, something just went terribly wrong. And I know we've had people that texted in and say, hey, I only see – Three to five wins. Three to six wins. Okay. That's, that's, that's a terrible year. There's, there's no two ways. I don't care what you're building, right? I don't, I don't care if you're Noah and you're trying to build an arc, right? I mean, if you only get three wins in 2023, there's a problem. You better call Bob the Builder and get him in to help you out. Something. Something's got to change. Look, there's teams around the league, and I don't like to compare, you know, teams to teams and say, well, if this guy could do it, why can't that guy do it because it's not fair all the time. But there's plenty of teams around the league that just take the pieces that they have, work with them, and find a way to get five, six, seven, eight wins, right? And not necessarily the guys that they have. This team has brought in their guys. And I don't, you know, want to throw the expectations out there this year. I, I did it last year, and it felt very confident. I walked around like DeMond on a basketball court with my chest pumped out. And just like DeMond on a basketball court, n- nothing materialized. Right? There was nothing there, and he just caught an unnecessary stray, so I apologize. But it's just the point. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I, I felt last year that this team was going to be dynamic, that offense was going to compete with anybody. They were going to win 10, 11, 12 games, whatever, and it didn't happen. For one reason or the other, they lost games that, in my opinion, they should not have lost. Like Sir Whiskey Ray said on the don'tbebroke.com text on Q, that Arizona Cardinal loss as we blew a 20-point lead was the beginning of the downfall in 2023. That was our home opener, if I'm not mistaken. As we all know, we lost games that only our Raiders could only lose. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, that was, that was the, the, the beginning of the end, it felt like, right? It just felt like there was a, a, a black cloud over the organization, over the team for a while. But then, if you remember Sir Whiskey Ray, they went and they had that, what, three-game win streak where they won, like, three-in-a-row walk-off fashion? And it's like, wait, hold on, they got something cooking here. And then where'd they go? They go to New Orleans and it was a no-show. I don't remember the exact order, but I remember they got a, a little bit of a roll and they started to feel good about themselves when they, uh, when they were getting those, uh, those walk-off wins. And I know that those aren't easy to do, but they got one in Denver, turned that around with the win in, uh, in Seattle walk-off style. I mean, there were was, was some good things to, that they were putting together. And then, well, New Orleans happened. And that felt like all of a sudden where they might have been taking a, a step forward or a couple steps forward, they took multiple steps back. That New Orleans game where they didn't pass the 50-yard line until the end of the game, that was rough. Go to Jacksonville, have a little bit of a lead early, lose it, right? Obviously, we know how it went when they were in Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve. Had a lead, lost it. So there was, mul- there was plenty of things that they did throughout the course of the, the season that, that you know, is correctable, but you've got to find a way to correct it, and it all starts In training camp, I did want to play a couple sound bites from uh, head coach Josh McDaniels as we met with him today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And one of the questions I asked him was about the newest addition, or was the newest addition? That's Marcus Peters. What he brings and what he feels Marcus Peters brings to this Raiders
3: defense. Yeah, um, you know, it was. It's an exciting opportunity, you know. And Marcus has been a very decorated player for his, you know, his the entirety of his career uh, for the teams that he's played for and. Um, he's always been a guy that, you know, I, I've coached against him a number of times. And, you know, when you're playing against him, you always know where he's at because there's a chance you might not want to throw at him, you know. And, again, players earn that opportunity and earn that, earn that status, not, not coaches or anybody else. And, um, you know, he's, just, he's, had a, he's a very intelligent football player. Uh, he had multiple opportunities to sit down and talk with him. Um, very bright, understands the game, Uh, really a mature, uh, intelligent guy in terms of defensive structure, coverages, reading route patterns, et cetera. Um, Very impressed with that. Um, And he wants to be a Raider, you know, and and so it was exciting for us to be able to uh, make that happen and excited to put him in with our group, and I know he's eager to get to work.
0: Marcus Peters right there, the impact of the defense. Well, hearing from Josh McDaniels about Marcus Peters and the impact he has on the defense, and he wants to be a Raider. Again, I can't wait to have an opportunity to talk to him, whether that's tomorrow tomorrow or later on this week, or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, 32 career interceptions. Is he prime Marcus Peters? No, of course not. But he's a guy that's been there, done that, expects to get his hands on the ball. So that's something to look forward to if you're uh, if you're cheering on the silver and black, which, of course, if you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, you should be cheering on the silver and black. So, uh, yeah, there's more sound that we'll get to from head coach Josh Mediano, including competition at training camp and defensive goals, something that I've talked about quite a bit. Like, what are the goals? And I said I was going to ask Coach McDaniels about it. I said I was going to ask Coach Graham about it. What are the defensive goals? You know, is there a certain sack number, a certain uh, turnover number? And, of course, he's not going to tell me the number. But I did ask that question, and we also asked a question about competition. You'll hear that in just a little bit. But before we do that, I do want you to hear the conversation I was able to have earlier today on the Up and Adams show with Kay Adams on FanDuel TV. It was always an honor to be able to join her show. Uh, She does a great job. She's very informative when it comes to just being a football mind. So if she – sends out the invite, of course, I'm accept every single time. So today, the timing was great with Saquon Barkley agreeing to a deal and joining into uh, the Giants training camp. So uh, we start off all things talking about, she's talking about Saquon Barkley and a good day for him.
4: Uh, OK, so Saquon, he's on his way to that tough day, hopefully happy and settled, at least less distractive and certainly incentivized. And uh, then Josh Jacobs might be going in the other direction. Literally, Tom Pellissier reporting just yesterday. Jacobs was spotted on a flight out of Vegas. No, leaving Las Vegas. And uh, he's been telling some people close to him that he doesn't plan on returning anytime soon. Now, I would usually say that's a smart decision when leaving Vegas and having to do that awful walk through McCarran Airport where you're like dreading your loss of integrity somewhere by the, you know, by the pool somewhere at some beach club. Uh, This is not what I want. I want him to be there. And Josh, we should note, is not going to be fined because he hasn't signed his franchise tag yet. So he isn't technically under contract. So let's be real. There's not really much of an incentive for him to show up on time and maybe he can work some you know squeeze something out of it saquon-esque one-year magic with some incentives but he also cannot negotiate or renegotiate anything long term until after the season either so i can't see him passing up on 10 million um that in the worst case scenario, he will hopefully show up. I don't know that anybody has the, you know, like what Dan was saying, like, does he have the stomach for it? You're losing money. You want to be out there. What are you doing for your future? Whose playbook are you following that says that holding out is a good idea? What's the injury risk when you show up with that? All of that needs to be considered. Um, So I'd be shocked if this actually bleeds into this season. I think we see Jacobs show up when he has to, and we see him sort of uh, continue to run through defenses like this and try to set himself up for a better 2024. And I have to say this, assuming the Raiders have Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and a healthy Jimmy G in the fold, I think they're getting a little disrespected right now. That's right, Raiders fans. You might be a little bit, what's going on? We don't want Jimmy G. Josh Jacobs isn't showing up. But if I'm a Raiders fan, get pissed off. Look at at these odds at FanDuel Sportsbook. The Raiders are the third biggest long shot to make the playoffs in the entire league. What? I'm taking this. Are you kidding me? Sure. There's questions about Jimmy's ability to stay healthy all year long. Is deep ball, blah 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 blah. Let's not forget about the 44-19 record he put together as a starter. People, I'm not saying he's going to outduel Patrick Mahomes, you know, single-handedly, but he could be a stabilizing force this offense needs after that disappointing 2022. 20, so really, I think the biggest question people are doubting this team on is Josh McDaniels, not Josh Jacobs, not Jimmy G, the J that wears the visor hat that it didn't work out with, and a lot of other teams. He did his thing in New England. Does he have it? The track record goes back to Denver. So it's fair to question. But now Josh has his quarterback, the guy he wanted and brought into the fold. I don't know if it's because I was in Italy. Do I always talk with my hands like this? I'm so sorry. Um, Um, This roster is loaded with talent, guys. So I'm not ready to give up on the Raiders. And if I'm the Raiders, get mad at the disrespect, the odds makers and pundits uh, are whopping on you is champagne going to be that good is really let, let's uh let's talk about it let's talk about it with somebody who loves the raiders even more than i do from LV sports network the host of raider nation radio oh please welcome back my oh, boy your boy cute
0: hey what's happening how you doing k appreciate you having me on the show
4: great it's great to see you i haven't seen you since super bowl what do you think of those odds
0: well, you know, it seems like every single year the Raiders have uh, bad odds. And every single year, except for last year, uh, they actually, you know, beat their odds, you know, as far as total wins. Uh, you know, the plus 390, of course, it's it's a it's a very long shot for them to make the playoffs according to those odds. But if everything comes together, and I think that that's why those odds are the way they are, because there's so many questions. You know, you rolled them out pretty pretty great there, you know, as far as the, the injury history of Jimmy G. You know, can Josh McDaniels be a really good yeah. head coach as opposed to a... really good offensive coordinator so I mean there's questions of course the defense is it going to come together but if everything comes together the team could be really good and especially that offense I think the offense could be very dynamic and strong with Jimmy G knowing Josh McDaniels and having his guys in place but again it's always going to be about Jimmy G and making sure he's under center which he is right now and you know training camp gets started tomorrow so that's a good thing
4: it's right and Josh Jacobs will not be there that's a bad thing something that we want to rectify but he's doing his thing we respect it what are the chances he takes this holdout out into can- into the season
0: I don't think he's going to do that, and this is just my gut feeling. I think that $10 million is too much to, to pass on. We've seen how it's worked out for other running backs who haven't shown up like a Le'Veon Bell type situation, and it just doesn't make any sense for Josh. And you saw what happened with Saquon Barkley this morning. I believe that's what's going to happen with uh, Josh Jacobs, and again, this is just my gut feeling, but I think that's what the Raiders will do. They know how valuable he is. I mean, that guy had 393 touches last season. He was the engine that made the Raiders mm-hmm. go, so he's so valuable to the team team he's not just a running back he's the running back he's Josh Jacobs he led the league in rushing Uh, he's he's just that guy he's an alpha dog and as Max Crosby has said they need more dogs on the team Devontae Adams has been on a tour talking about they they need to go in the foxhole with him that's the guy that he wants to ride with so I think they'll get done sooner rather Mm -hmm. than later but it's just a situation with the running backs you know how it is these days but what Saquon Barkley did this morning I think is what similar is going to happen with Josh Jacobs
4: I hope so. I hope he gets something back and maybe incentivizes him and gets him where he needs to be for this year. They certainly don't have the, um, they don't have the leverage on their side of the running backs at this point in time, at least. Um, I showed you the odds. I want to talk about Josh McDaniels because I have a feeling that's why they're so stacked against the Las Vegas Raiders and their success for this season. What went wrong, the most wrong, last year? I don't have time for everything that went wrong, but (laughs) what went the most wrong and why should I expect things to be better now, outside or maybe it is just that he has his guy now?
0: Well, what went most wrong was they lost close games. And in 2021, when they made the playoffs, mm-hmm. they went on that four-game winning streak. They won all those one-score games, all those down-to-the-wire games. And a lot of people said that's not sustainable. Well, in 2022, it wasn't. You know, they blew some double-digit leads, you know, and that's something that can't happen as well. And so a lot of that, they want to point and say that that was on the quarterback. I think that was a collective. I think that was on Josh McDaniels. I think that was on the defense. I think that was on the quarterback. That that was a team effort uh, when they lost double-digit leads. And then they lost the close. So that's one of the biggest keys is they've got to be able to find a way to win those close games. They've got to be able to sustain double digit leads. And, you know, they make the move for Marcus Peters. Maybe he's a guy that can help that defense close out games. You know, one of the biggest games I go back to is that Thursday night against the Rams, you know, Baker Mayfield had been on the Rams about 12 minutes and he goes out there and he goes on a drive to end the game to win the game. Those can't happen. Right. So those are the kind Mm -hmm. of games that the Raiders lost that are heartbreaking for the fan base because they're looking at like what in the world is going on. How did that happened they lost a 20 point lead at halftime against the uh, cardinals in week two at home right they were up 20-0 and they lose that game like that can't happen they let Kyler Murray run around the field so you know the the, the double digit leads they lost the close games they, they found ways to lose Josh McDaniels Patrick Graham the defensive coordinator they have to find ways to come together and make sure they can pull those off if they can they'll win more games than they did in 2022 where they went six and eleven
4: I hope Jimmy G has a lot to do with that because you can say what you want about him, but he is a winner. Yep. I don't know about the closing out games, but he sure does win a lot of them when he's out there and he's healthy. And players have always talked about their confidence in him because of that. He's a player's quarterback. Yep. Guys like to be around him, so um, hopefully that all shakes out really well. We can hear you on Raider Nation Radio and with the LB Sports Network. You're honestly, I always learn. I don't even know. I, I forgot about that that Week Two Cardinal game. <laughs> In Vegas is in the back of my mind a nightmare situation for Raiders fans watching, but hopefully there's some positivity uh, to look ahead to this season. We appreciate you, Q.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate you having me on. There she goes, Kay Adams and myself earlier today on Up and Adams. Definitely appreciate her having me on the show, and that's just a little bit of a breakdown. You see where she's at, asking questions about Jimmy G, and and she's very high on Jimmy G. As long as he's healthy, you know, she thinks that he's being disrespected, and the team is being disrespected by uh, the lack of wins that people think that they're going to get, and you know, even the 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 FanDuel line on on that uh, uh, that they had it like plus three ninety five for the the Raiders to even make the playoffs. I mean, there was there was some uh, you know, I think she was giving the Raiders some credit, and especially trying to give Jimmy G. Some credit, but of course, you got to see it. You can't just talk about it. You got to see it, and it all starts tomorrow when practice gets underway. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed that little back and forth with Kay Adams and myself on the Up and Adams show on FanDuel TV. Call number nine is what I'm looking for right now. How about I hook you up? Appreciate you listening to the show whenever you do for however long you do. So why don't we go ahead and hook you up? Call number nine, 702-365-9200. Right now we're going to get you qualified to win four tickets to an Aviators game, which more importantly will get you one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun. This week's trip that we're giving away, a four-day trip to Orlando's Disney World. Orlando Universal Studios, plus a tour of the Kennedy Space Center. So that's the trip. You could always take the cash as well, $3,000. Take the trip, take the cash. This time you're going to Orlando, and uh, we're going to get you hooked up. But right now, call number nine is going to get registered for four tickets to aviators game, which is one step closer in the Lotus Summer Fun here on Radio Nation Radio 920.
2: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance
1: Studio.
0: Big us to my guy, Tom. Just calling number nine. Got in to win. Got qualified to win those four tickets to an Aviators game. More importantly, got him one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun. Would love to get another winner coming out of this show. Because that's what we do. We put together winners here on Unnecessary Roughness of Red Nation Radio 920. Shout out to my man, Wendell, who was the winner of the Lotus Summer of Fun. He took the $3,000 cash, took his family from the Las Vegas area to Disney, gave them a nice little summer trip, and that's awesome. And that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to create uh, winners. We're trying to thank you for listening. If you decide to put up with me for three minutes or three hours, uh, whatever it is, I definitely appreciate it. Ari appreciates it. (laughs) us all here at Lotus Broadcasting whether you're listening to Radio Nation Radio ESPN Las Vegas, Fox Sports Las Vegas any of our music stations uh, 1230 of the game we all appreciate you for as much time as we have you whenever we do have you so that's why we're putting together the Lotus Summer of Fun coming up at the top of the hour we'll have some cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day uh, we'll talk about Saquon Barkley, we'll talk about Trayvon Diggs and talk about a little bit more but I did want to continue to play a few of the sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels who met with us earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. You heard that whole press conference on the morning tailgate this morning around 9.40, 9.45-ish. Uh, of course, that's with Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Lindsey Brown. But uh, talked about Marcus Peters. Obviously, he's on the defensive side of things, and uh, McDaniel's already talked about You already heard from him saying what he thinks Marcus Peters brings to the table. How about competition? And there's a lot of competition, and that's something that we've been talking about quite a bit on the show, that they're, especially with the addition of Marcus Peters, you look at the outside corner spot, there's like what? One spot that you know that is available, and there's a, there's a bunch of guys that are going to be competing for those spots. Uh, the defensive line, there's going to be a bunch of guys competing for that spot. Uh, offensively, I think the offensive line, they'll probably have some competition, but as far as the offense, it feels like it's pretty set with what it's going to be. But I think the offensive line, they're going to have to have some some uh, real stiff competition. So how does Joshua Daniels feel about competition and
3: it enhancing what goes on at training camp? I think it makes us all better. I mean, when you know that there's guys in your room that are trying to earn playing time that would otherwise go to you, um, you know, it just makes you uh, work that much harder, makes you study and prepare hard. Um, and so I think we've always tried to do that as much as we could and uh, at every position. Some positions, as you guys know, changed a little bit more than others this spring uh, and this off-season. But I think we've tried to build competition at every spot we could. Um, and then now is the time for them to go out there and get opportunities and determine what their role is going to be. You know, and we've always told them that their role will be what they make it, you know, and that means that they get opportunities um, and what they do with it's important.
0: There you go, head coach Josh Verdano. And I think he said it perfectly right there at the end. Your opportunity is what you make it, right? I mean, if, if you go out there and you bust your backside and you earn your spot, you earn your spot. And I do believe, and I know we say this a lot, that there's going to be a lot of competition in camp. You know, I've caught myself saying that multiple times. But honestly, I do look, especially on the defensive side of things, and believe that there's a lot of competition. I think there's a lot of competition in the linebacking room. I think there's a lot of competition in the safety room. I think there's obviously a lot of competition in the cornerback room, so I guess you could just say the secondary in general. There's plenty of guys that they brought in along the defensive line. Now, again, it's a little bit of a bummer that Tyree Wilson and Byron uh, Byron Young won't start camp tomorrow and start practicing tomorrow because, well, Young is on the pup list and Tyree Wilson is on the NFI list. So whenever they're able to get out there, that'll be good. I think that they're expected to play a a pretty big role this year, but – They've got to go out there and earn it. And I know that this coaching staff's not going to put him out there on the field until they feel like they're confident to take the role they could play the role of what they need them to do. Right? Jacorian Bennett was a fourth-round pick. You would look at him and say, man, the secondary is a struggle. We've got to put him out day one. Not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. Right? That could be something that they see him in camp and say, yeah, that guy's not ready to get some burn yet. And we'll put him out there when he's comfortable, when we feel he's comfortable. A guy like Chris Smith, you know, the, the, the pick out of Georgia, fifth-round pick out of Georgia who I'm very high on, I think that he, has a, a, he can carve out a role at some point. Will it be right away, or will, is it going to take some time? Like These are guys that I'm looking at uh, offensively, as I mentioned, offensive line. McClendon Curtis, Dalton Wagner, those guys were signed immediately after the draft was over. They were priority undrafted free agents. What kind of role do they play on the offensive line? Can they take a, a, a job of a Alex Bars? Can they push a Jermaine Illuminor? Is luminor going to be on the a tackle, or is he going to be a guard? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of questions, and I do think that there is some real valid, you know, battles that are going to happen this year in camp that I'm definitely looking forward to. And something else that I've been talking about quite a bit here on the show, on the podcast, sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings, sitting at wherever I'm at, right, wherever the setting I've been at, is the fact that the Raiders need to come up with some defensive goals. Something Eric Allen said to me a long time ago. He said on, you know, the, the Raider roundtable that JT and myself and Eric did on Raider content day. Well, old man Willie Shaw, his defensive coordinator when he was with the Raiders. 20 interceptions was the number. That's what they were looking at. And I knew that by the time I asked head coach Joshua Daniels and Patrick Graham about their defensive goals. It wasn't going to be like, well, give me a number. Do, the, do you have a number for sacks and, and, and interceptions or turnovers in general? And I know that they're never going to say, like, yeah, Q, this is our, our numbers. I threw a number out there because I believe it's valid. 40 sacks and 20 interceptions should be the goal. Not saying they're going to hit that, but they should have something that's very high that those guys could look at. So I asked Coach McDaniels about that today, about the defensive goals that they have. Do they put those in place, you know, and how do they kind of go about that to give the guys something to aim
3: for? Yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about it very early in the off season about, you know, either touching the ball or or getting the quarterback, you know, and I think any good defense does those things, you know, and so um, our goal each week will obviously be to try to uh, create, um, you know, disruption, turnovers, negative plays. Um, you know, some weeks are harder to do that than others based on who we're playing and, and the type of, uh, the, the way they play. So, uh, but I know our defense, uh, our staff has really tried to identify some ways for us to improve. Uh, Dave and his uh, personnel uh, staff have done a, a a good job of giving us some different types of players with different skill sets here um, to try to go out there and utilize those. So um, every team goes through changes. We've had changes on defense, and um, obviously we're going to try to address some of the things that maybe we weren't as good at last year. Um, different year, different team, um, You know, different training camp. So... I think we got a lot of work ahead of us in order to become, you know, whatever it is ultimately we're going to become. But those certainly are are things that you want to be good at on defense. So there you
0: go. There's head coach Josh McDaniels talking about defensive goals. And uh, we're going to continue to harp on that and focus in on that throughout the course of training camp, preseason, and the regular season. Coming up next, to start hour number three of the show, we have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. And good thing we do, breaking news when it comes to the quarterback position and who just got paid.